0: On Pie Hard this week, we've been thinking a lot about if Collingwood Football Club in 2021 was a movie. Off-field, it started out as a drama and then turned into a comedy. On-field, it was even worse as our performances morphed into the type of B-grade horror movie that was as bland as it was predictable. The pies went from blockbuster franchise gold to box office bomb. But as our expectations plummeted and the off-season wounds started to heal still leaving deep and painful scars, the Collingwood movie has morphed into a new one. And in this episode of Pie Hard, we're putting on the rose-coloured shades to look at the next generation of pies that have been thrust into the spotlight in this torched season. Forget what you think about the Collingwood story this year. This is a classic (laughs) Collingwood coming-of-age story. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard
1: to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed
2: in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. How yeah, of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories.
1: As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Who's the
2: smartest guy on the team? We don't have too many to pick from. You've got
1: to go back to Billy Graham. MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I okay. can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed more comfortably oh myself. It's as
2: close as you'll get the greatness. You peanut and
0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Pie Hard. Thank you so much for listening. Yet again, we have decided to podcast. After a game, now the first time we did this was against Carlton uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we all know what happened there. And now, being Sunday the eighth of August at four fifty-four, Alex, you and I are jumping on after a uh, a cursed, empty, vacuous MCG uh, showing against of all teams. What is it? The seventeenth team, sixteenth team? I don't know, seventeenth. Against Hawthorne, Alex. Welcome. Uh, great to have. Great to have you.
2: Oh, from two <laughs> uh, with these final siren recordings. It's a long season. I liked two ten. Two ten is mm. good. The afternoon mm. slot is good. You wouldn't say it's Broadway, but it was good. Traditional two ten, but that was that was where the goodness began and ended.
0: It's good if you can go to the game. I don't know, you know, it's just, it's irrelevant in lockdown, isn't it? It's, they they could start it at two ten a.m. It'd have the same desirable effect.
2: <laughs> well, I, th- I feel like you get the morning off, sunny morning, mm-hmm. um, you know, you go you do your power walking, then you've mm-hmm. you've got the game, with your pie and milk in front of the telly, yeah. but then you got the evening off, and you can get stuck into SBS on demand. Um, That's right. You know, so it's a good balance, and it's even better at the ground. But um, it's an asterisk here, so let's just wait till next year. Maybe we'll get back to the G.
0: What a beautiful day. I was actually down, coincidentally, I was down at Victoria Park this morning. Now, if there's any feds listening, yes, that is outside of my five-kilometer radius. Mm. Um, but, you know, some things just have to be attended to in, this, in these dire times. But, geez, the ground's looking good because I think there's no VFL, right? So, um, Still damn. a few
2: dogs lurking, you'd suggest. <laughs> what was, was the uh, ratio of um, excrement down at Vic Park? Uh-
0: I actually missed. I missed it. I didn't. I didn't stand any stand in any this time. Okay. So good. it was looking good. I, I think they must have gone over it with a rake or something because it, it was looking like a carpet. Um, lots of people down there. Carnival atmosphere. Lots of people working out. It's now the it's now the hub. The hub for fitness. Mm-hmm. Of, of the Victoria first Park. nights of spring. Mm, yeah, it was wafting through the uh, the uh, Abbotsford sewer. Let's get <laughs> let's get down to business, mm-hmm. okay? Because as we said at the top of the program in the intro, yeah. This is we're gonna. This is a bit more of a positive um, outlook uh, as far as it comes. And look, we have been um, unfairly characterized as as critical mm. of the Collingwood Football Club at times. We like to think it's just holding the uh, club to account at eye level, mm. being the independent podcast we are. But interesting to see that there's been a couple of articles over the last couple of weeks just about. Um. Collingwood's draft picks yeah and the emergence of some uh, some green shoots in an otherwise uh, arid desert and we're going to dive into that on today's pod but the analogy with with films I hope you enjoyed that I was going to ask you at the top of the uh, top of the pod um, to list a couple of your favorites favorite biggest box office bombs of all time do you have any look
2: you could argue Collingwood's been all at sea. This year, and um, one of my favourite bombs was Waterworld.
0: <laughs> yeah, Waterworld was a bomb. I think it is listed; it is classed as a bomb. But I feel is like it's it? a it's a bomb that um they spent so much money
2: on. It, they had no they had no chance of recouping. So they probably made a lot of money back, but mm. it doesn't matter if you spend like six hundred million making a film; you're up against it.
0: Yeah, it didn't help that it was Kevin Costner rewriting scripts at every turn and essentially just Mad Max set to water, um, mm, a film without, that we'd, we'd seen. Without like, any charisma. Without any charisma or Mel. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it has aged. I, I, I had thought of a, um, a box office bomb and it was, did you ever see the remake of Cats, the musical?
2: Oh, like quite recent, quite recently. Yes, I
0: know that it's got
2: Idris Elba, who yeah, I like, but yeah. I haven't seen it. <laughs> have you seen it?
0: I I have seen it. Oh, I've seen a little bit of it, but uh, it is uh, goddamn close to unwatchable. <laughs> um, and so is, it, is it live
2: action, or they've kind of like done something funny to their bodies?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like it's a it's a, it's not live action in the sense that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was uh, in, mm. no, in nineteen ninety. But
1: mm, no, I which think holds it, up.
0: I think it's that blur between CGI and live action, if you know what I mean. Like they're just trying to do both and there's a, there's, they must have rushed it and there's bits where the cats have are wearing shoes. Like It's just really, it's a really bad film. It's got like that James Corden dude in it. Uh, wow. Anyway, okay. a, bit, a bit like the Collingwood season this year, the cats, cats the film. But we, uh, we did want to talk, we did want to focus, again, on the mm. positives and we wanted to look at Collingwood Football Club as a coming of age film. Now, For the listeners out there, um, we did speak about this season kind of morphing into this coming-of-age story where we're seeing a lot of these young men Mm. um, get their opportunity in the black and white and really start to stamp their authority on the team with a couple of breakout performances. Now, in genre studies, a coming-of-age story is a genre of literature, film, or video that focuses on the growth of a protagonist, Mm -hmm. typically from childhood to adulthood. And the subjects of these coming-of-age coming, coming of age films, they're typically teenagers. Now, I was going to ask you a question, Alex. Mm. What are some of the best coming-of-age films that you've seen or can recall?
2: E2 Mama Tambien.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that art, one? Art House, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, just because it's in another language doesn't make it Art yeah. House. But <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a- lost, um, lost
0: about 95% of our audience with that one.
2: Gail Garcia-Bernard yeah, yeah, I, I think is, guy. you know, yeah, know and guy. as a young man and it's really a sexual coming it's of quite,
0: age. quite racy, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say. I remember yeah, what two that.
2: two young men going mm. away on a road trip with an older woman mm. set in Mexico, I think. Mm. Um, brilliant film. And in a way like, you know, in football what all we're really looking for is uh, an ex- a self-expression mm. from the young kids and um, that may be sexual or not. But um Itumamatan being one of my favorites. What you? What do you got? Uh
0: well mine was uh a, a film starring Michael J. Fox, um, about an ordinary okay. high school student that discovers his family has an unusual uh pedigree uh when he suddenly finds himself turning into a werewolf. Uh, yeah, okay. Um right. now Michael J. Fox is just a young, you know, teenager trying to buy beer, you know, trying to hook up with the with the prom queen at at the high school. Um He's really shit. Plays basketball. He's like, you know, one of the worst on the team. Uh, and then his sort of coming of age is he discovers that he is a wolf-like man, wolf creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lineage of, of 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 turning into wolves in the family. I think his his dad's a wolf as well. Uh, and then rather than fight, I guess the you know the issue of of, of being a, a wolf child at school mm-hmm. embraces it to the point where his best friend styles creates merch, um, and there's footage of him. Like, you know, he really embraces it and he sort of start, he, um, his basketball performances pick up, he becomes, uh, noticeable to a lot of the, um, the, the young women at school, uh, and his life kind of turns around. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful film, um, uh, it's a bit old now. It was released in 1995, but the story still resonates. So, Michael J. Fox Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf.
2: For Michael J. Fox, life hasn't been easy.
1: Hello? Hi. I'm
2: going through changes. His voice is changing.
1: Give me a keg of beer. Is
0: there anything wrong with me? he's got hair on his chest he stopped
2: being a boy what do you think about it? to get worked up? at last he's become scott scott howard this is your father speaking now open this door right this minute a wolf an explanation is probably long overdue
0: dad an explanation look at me look at you <laughs>
2: He's always wanted to be something special, but he never expected this. Then Teen Wolf. Yeah, fantastic. Um, a bit of Brainard, Ma- Braden Maynard about the Teen Wolf.
0: I was thinking of that, or Jordan degoey. Mm. But yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. I think Maynard suits the, the protagonist uh, in Teen Wolf a little bit more, just when he gets a bit aggro, um, gets his shirt ripped. Yeah, bite, bites into the soda can mm. sideways. I'd love to rewatch it. Team actually,
2: Wolf. you bring it, bring w- it back to life.
0: Worth, worth a rewatch. Worth a rewatch. Team Wolf. Okay, so as always, we are going to dive in to our first segment on Pie Hard, and it is a segment that we call Hard Yes and Hard No. Now, I'm going to go first. Okay, um, I'm going to start off with. Oh, I'll start off with a hard yes. So. As I said at the top of the program, I have been watching a little bit of the Olympics and this morning they had the marathon Mm. on Um, very, very hot temperatures in Tokyo. I don't know if you're if you're up to date with that very 99% humidity, which if you're a runner of any distance, you will know that that is not uh, favorable conditions for running a fast 42 kilometers at all. Is
2: 100% humidity underwater?
0: It's underwater, I've never basically.
2: really understood that hundred percent humidity would be like submerged right
0: or- mm. yeah, i may have been I may have been over over stretching okay. the uh the fact with ninety nine percent but it was bloody hot bloody hot, and of course, all of these finely finely tuned athletes just started dropping at about the uh thirty eight kilometer mark as you do, as you'd know alex um but it did take me back to a very went day like <laughs> well. It did take me back to a very famous Collingwood story yes. set in 1995. Now, I think you know what I'm talking about here, but it is, of course, our one of our favourites on Pie Hard, Uncle Tony Shaw. Mm. He had run a couple of marathons. He'd actually run a quick marathon. So, I think he started running- His first marathon was in 1989, and he ran that time in 3 hours and 21 minutes. Is that pretty right?
2: Quick. That's- he a, pretty any, got Anything 3- point something sounds quick
0: yeah anything in the 3s is good so especially with short legs you know you kind of want you want the yeah. robert de Costello long leg kind of um action going on there to 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 make every pace every step count but he it was an actual I'll tie this back to collingwood because he credits his first marathon in 1989 as basically the switch that was flicked that turned Tony Shaw into the footballer that he became because he understood that if I could run a marathon, mm. 42 kilometers, I could do anything. Yeah. So, it really, it he, he ran it with a Collingwood teammate at the time whose name escapes me, but it really sort of underpinned his training for the next, you know, five to 10 years. Psychological breakthrough. Psychological, uh, yeah cracking of the skull, if you will. Mm. Now, fast forward to 1995, and it was an unseasonably warm day in Melbourne for the Melbourne Marathon, uh, the marathon that he'd run a couple of times prior. And there's the famous story of Tony Shaw. I don't know what kilometre it was at. It was probably in the 30s, deep into the 30s, you know, when the legs start stinging and, and they start getting heavy and the, you know, you have to. You've, have you ever heard of like busting through the wall, the runner's wall? I have now. Where you, you, you push your body to a limit and then it's up until the threshold where you can push it no more. Then you push it further and you bust through this imaginary wall. Kind of like well, a second Tony, wind.
2: Do you get a second wind t- through the wall?
0: Sometimes. But Tony's wall on this occasion was not a wall, it was a tree. Oh delirious at running the marathon, Tony, straight off course, (laughs) ran headlong into a tree, knocked himself unconscious and was transported to the hospital.
2: Tony, those little
0: legs. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of that? You're looking at me blankly. You've never heard of that
2: story? (laughs) I never knew that Uncle Tony ran a marathon in his life. Uh, This is all news to me. So in the 30s, 30-something Ks, he's mm. deviated off the course Mm, delirious I'm picturing picturing uh, like an oak tree on one of Melbourne's boulevards.
0: Yeah, it was de- definitely would have been St Kilda Road, up, 100%. It would have been um one of those big uh yeah, one of those big yeah, cypress pines or something. Um but yeah, didn't didn't make it un- unfortunately, but that is Collingwood folklore. I remember I remember hearing about that. It was on the footy show or something. Many moons ago. Uh and Tony will regale that story. So if you ever see Tony out and about selling houses or um at a at a home inspection. Criticizing coaches. Might throw it to you for your hard
2: yes. Yeah, Damo, this week um it's I'm taking your lead. I remember not so long ago you had a hard maybe. Mm. Now I wrote a hard yes and then I wrote a hard no. I struggled to extricate them from each other because I didn't know which way to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you whether mm. you think mine should be a hard yes. Or a hard no. Now, we mm. saw some photographs during the week of training down at the Lexus on the Oval there, Olympic Park, at the Motor Dome, and we saw one of uh, the favorites of the pod, uh, He'll Surprise You, Josh Dakos. Now, I think you know mm. where I'm going with this.
1: Mm. On Josh's,
2: I'm going to say, left hand during training, he had a very slick-looking black glove with a Nike mm. swoosh, swoosh mm. Um, near the wrist. And I've got to say it looked it looked slick it looked good on him. It kind of works with him. And I'm I'm wondering, Damo, is this a hard yes or a hard no? The slick Nike look. I think maybe it's going to be a, a hard yes in that it differentiates him from Nick, like he's preempting mm. the fact that Nick mm-hmm. is going to come in, he's going to take the limelight. He needs to have some kind of visual differentiation. Mm. Um, you know, it's it looks skillful, it might assist in his marking. But on the no side, I'm thinking that like gloves have always been really gimpy. You go back to the days of Travis Cloak, you go back to any White Collingwood players who have mm. uh, worn a, a glove, Nick Maxwell, um, and I'm not sure whether the glove for Josh Dacos is actually going against the Dacos brand. You think of mm. Dacos Magic. It's not mm-hmm. Dacos Science or Apparel. It's Dacos Magic. There's something natural, you know, unencumbered about it. Um, mm. Are we going to see Josh Dacos wear a glove on game day? and is it a hard yes or hard no what do you think
0: massive hard no okay Ma- unequivocally <laughs> a hard no and I'll tell you why okay. I'll tell you why gloves assist players that don't have the touch mm. they need they need a little bit of manufactured uh, human help it's and cheating. assistance it's cheating it's cheating yeah. <laughs> it's it's it is cheating uh, you know players that players that like would slather on grippo or wear a, uh, a banned Nike glove. Look, it, it helps them out mm-hmm. because like, they need it at the end of the day. Now, anyone with a last name Dagos, anyone, mm-hmm. ev- even, even Josh's mother, mm-hmm. would not have to wear a glove to assist touch because those, play- they, they, those, those people innately have touch. Mm. And they have feel. And my concern is that wearing any kind of implement over those uh, fingers could actually have an adverse effect and take away mm. some, of that, some, of that, uh, some of that natural stickiness. Yeah,
2: I'm going to call uh, it an alchemy.
0: I mm, mean, the Cost yeah, Magic intangible.
2: brand, it's intangible. intangible, it's an alchemy, mm. and there should be an alchemy between hand and ball, um, mm. which kind of feeds into that incredible silky skill set. So mm. very ambivalent about that. I'll go with you, I'll go with you. It's a hard no.
0: Can you, name it, can you name any Collingwood player that wore two gloves in a game? <laughs>
2: uh, did this happen? Um, Quint- putting you on the spot here. Well, I know Quinton Lynch wore a glove because he had a disfigured pinky. Was it a him? A munted finger. It wasn't him. No, no. But a player that wore two gloves. Um, it wasn't the human glove, Mickey Gafer.
0: <laughs> it wasn't Mickey Gafer, although Mickey Gafer's getting a lot of love on um, Pie Hard Socials this week, as he should. Mm-hmm. No, Who it was, was Chris it? Chris, Do- Chris Dawes and Tyson Lane are two Collingwood players that have, s- in a match, simultaneously worn gloves on left hand, right hand. How is that legal? Uh, how I
2: don't, I, I don't know I, how <laughs> gloves were legal in any way in the first place. It was a huge, mm. it was a bizarre thing for the AFL, this traditional code to, like, legalize a glove. But then to wear two gloves? Are you joking me? <laughs>
0: Like, <laughs> no, 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 it's fact. It's fact. Uh, I, this was, so Tyson Lane was in the nineties, right? So it was like 94. So anything went back then. Um, and doors was more recent. And, and I remember it was like, was it around 2014 or 2015? There was that big issue with, so the AFL came out and cracked down on certain gloves, like glove brands, so mm-hmm. they, I think Nike were banned, Under Armour were banned, and then there was a couple other that slipped they were, know, how... they were wearing NFL gloves, they were wearing NFL mitts, basically. It's, yeah, uh, and do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, oh my god, it was the, the Nathan Buckley press conference where he like wore the glove. <laughs> No, uh, it just, just as a player. He was a coach. He was a oh. coach and he was in the coach's box and they were he knew that they were going to ask him questions about the glove and was Collingwood cheating and would Travis like what's going to happen now that Travis quote can't wear the gloves and he just comes out doesn't say anything and has the hair, has the Nike <laughs> glove on and starts rubbing his chin. I mean it was hilarious to be honest. Like still cackling That's about very it. Very good, Nathan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure a different um, side of Nathan then.
2: Yeah, hard no, Josh. Just just to clear, leave it to the leave it to the the, the unskilled players, all right? <laughs> the the
0: Gibbs. Uh Okay, so this is uh, a hard no that I've got. I um, was going to my hard no was going to be Alistair Clarkson. Yep. Um, because it's like, you know, Alistair, the job's yours if you want it. All right. So,
2: don't you what, think it's what, funny that we've gone cold on him? A week ago, we're like, it's Alistair or bust.
0: And well, no, he's, no, 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 no. I take take that back. He's gone cold on us. He's gone cold on Collingwood. Oh. This is this is the job of his his career. This will make this will make Alistair Clarkson.
2: See, I've gone cold this, on him.
0: Well, that's what we're saying. That's that's why he's a hard no. Okay,
2: you've gone cold on him. Okay, because he <laughs> went cold on us first.
0: If I went hot on him, he'd be a hard yes. This guy's a cold no, right? So Alistair, <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Um, no, this the this whole is whole an old. This is this is an old an old favorite tie uh, of ours, and I, I'm going to line up Heath Shaw okay. for this one. I, I'm going to go in hard on Heath. Love love Heath. Loved him as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know about the Heath and Daisy show. Yeah, um, but <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you've noticed on socials, he's adopted this kind of like moniker called the called Lord Heath Shaw. Have I did seen notice,
2: this? I saw it written somewhere.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know if it sits well <laughs> with Heath Shaw. And and look, uh, so he not only not only is he call, not only is he calling himself Lord Heath Shaw, he's got he's got a logo, or he's got like a shield, some kind of like shield. It's like a it's like a plus sign. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um. Anyway, a I just crusader. think I think he's a cross. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a cross. It's like it's like a cross. It's like you know, like you. you classic plus symbol on the uh on your numerical keyboard and i did some digging and there was a tweet about 3 years ago i think he was still playing with the giants where he like bought some kind of certificate in Scotland that enabled oh, okay. him to become become a lord
2: yeah you can buy like 1 square foot of land he
0: yeah so he bought a UK, square foot of land yeah and yeah. you
2: get given a certificate technically you're then like a landowner and it's just mm. it's bullshit i mean yeah so, it's damn the obvious.
0: so i spent five minutes researching that and that's five minutes i'll i'll never ever <laughs> ever ever get back and, and, in, and plus
2: the 30 minutes you watch the heath and daisy shows that's 35 no. minutes so, so
0: my, my hard no is like look look just we don't need look we don't need a footballer going out there and and um turning themselves into a prince symbol or anything like that we just we just need we just need our footballers to be footballers i think and, and um. Yeah, I've lined Heath up on that one. I think maybe the lord thing is a little bit over the top. Unless he's launching some kind of like Lord brand of underwear, then I'll give him a leave pass cuz get the bag, get the bag Heath, but um no, it's been like 2 or 3 years and it's like all of his messages are like the lord thinks this or the lord thinks that.
2: It's a top shelf line of uh, apparel above sad.
0: It is, it's, it's, it's just above sad. It could be a blended whiskey, actually, now that you think of it with a, um, with a Scottish connection.
2: Despite our reputation as um, sometimes being critics of the club, there has been cause for genuine hope recently. And I'm going to point my finger at um, a series of individuals who have, who have shown us a bit of a light... At the end of the tunnel, and these are the kids. I'm calling this segment Degrassi Junior Pie.
1: Mm.
2: Now, our role as teachers at uh, De- Degrassi Junior Pie will be to um, provide a running commentary, a report card uh, for each uh, kid, mm. uh, how we feel like they're travelling, mm.
1: uh,
2: and of course, I've picked some of the more exciting talent that's come into our list. And we've, we've, I think, by and large, all Collingwood supporters are starting to feel. That kind of optimism—that hang on, we might have a group here, a young group coming through together, which could form the nucleus, mm. the nuclei of um, mm. a push into mm. September. So let's start with. Well, hang on,
0: let, let me just get this straight. So you just okay. to, just to set this yeah. up for me. So it's the 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 feeling is we're at DeGrassi Junior Pie. Mm. It's a definite definite coming of age classic. Mm. And is this a is this a parent teacher night? It's a parent teacher. Uh, night. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Good. So got it.
2: You know. We're, we're the kind of teachers that haven't really done, done the work. The work. And so, the work, yeah, yeah, the parents have come into the hall. I'm um, sitting at a little mm-hmm. desk in front of us looking worried.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: With that in mind, Good. let's start with one, Isaac Quainor. First thoughts on Isaac, Damo. Uh,
0: Mr. and Mrs. Quainor, um, got to say, very impressed mm-hmm. with uh, Isaac this year. Um, We get a lot of kids coming into this school and we're never really sure how they're going to um, settle uh, and how quickly they're going to find their feet. But very impressed with this young man to date. Mm -hmm. Uh, Extra points for Dash and Dare. And as a school, Degrassi Junior Pire has been crying out for just a little bit of flair. Like we're getting overrun by all the expensive private schools. We're losing all of the top students. No one wants to be here anymore. Um, and that's just because we've we've lost that flair. We've just lost mm. that 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 magnetism that we had uh, a couple of years ago when we had a student by the name of Alan Didak. I won't go into that. Mm. It Didn't end well. Um, but <laughs> your son Isaac is starting to show. Oh, this is gonna. I won't do this because this is gonna get laborsome. But I, let follow me on this one, Alex. Quanor is that archetypal run and dash player? Yeah. That light that lightning that lightning fast break lines kind of player that looks a million bucks. Um, looks good, mm. looks hot. Oh yeah. Uh, can hit a target, can run and chase. Beautiful and, foot skills. And and actually, if you hear this guy talk, um has just this insane level of confidence. Really? Like, I don't know how old he is, he's like 20 or 21 or something, but he just speaks like he belongs there, mm. and he, you know, this is could have been bad for Isaac Quaynor because he is in that ghastly um, area of 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 junior Collingwood supporters, which we detest. We love to drag in our uh, oh, was here Collingwood supporter was he? He was a mad Collingwood supporter, mm. so you know, always always sends a bit of a shiver up my spine when when a young collingwood supporter comes in i've seen i've seen too many not make it paul seedsman uh and a few others to boot but quaynor just yeah i I don't know like he's someone that you could definitely build a team around because Mm. it's just exciting just we need more of that and i think with the right coach with a license to you know let it spray i was gonna say license
2: yeah he's been given license Mm. already you can see him he's growing before our eyes silky Mm. penetrating uh mm. Flair. I mean he's he's a real keeper. Him him and salt. Pepper and salt. We love them. They're gonna to be the foundations of our backline for the next decade. That's um Quainor and, and John Noble. Um
0: well, I just want to ask I just want to ask you a question on Quainor before we move right. on. And this is how this is how all Collingwood footballers should be judged in the pie hard um lexicon. Mm-hmm. Would you buy an Isaac Quainor player badge? Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Tick. Tick. We're going to move on. Ollie Henry. Let me start on this. I mean, the thing I'm liking about Ollie Henry. So early days, Henry, he was getting his hands to the ball. He was touching the ball, but he wasn't able to kind of clunk any marks, and he was a kind of almost player for several weeks. He got. He came in round one, then got dropped. It was it was a bit messy. I thought, um, you know, he maybe got thrown to the wolves a bit early. Recent weeks, we've seen Ollie Henry come good. And the thing I like about him is his limmy. The limbs. I think when players, young players are limmy, what it means is they're only going to get better f- with time as they develop muscle on those limbs. Now, Ollie Henry has thin limbs. He's all arms and legs like a like a baby racehorse. But then once he starts to fill out and, and, and develop strength to go with that athletic ability, um, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. He reminds me of a kind of a Gumby. Sort you know like that kind of rubbery mm. you know mm. gumby has this kind of like Elasti- elastic potentiality yeah and this you just know the skies that the limit I mean there is
0: no limit Plasticine.
2: his haircuts also I mean you brought it up probably on draft night that he is owner of probably the best set of curtains in the in the club or in the game.
0: Mm. Yeah, bringing him back single-handedly. I call Ollie Henry a slipper and a slider, and he's a slipper and a slider because we knew very early on that this kid was a top 10, Mm -hmm. um, but happenstance slash COVID-19 enabled him to slip to, what was it, like 17 or something? Yeah. Something insane. And we knew very early on that the mark of a good player is their timing, Mm. and he had exquisite timing. Um, very very fast motor skills. Mm. Could pick up, could pick up a ball, clean clean hands. I think they call it. Um, but he over indexed in in every mark, and he was going to be a gun. And I like I, I like that you touched on this because I want to touch on this for for just a second. And that is this thrown to the wolves business. It's absolute bullshit. What happened was Nathan Buckley picked him. I think it was the first game, like the second game, and then gave him hmm. a game one, where he didn't. We didn't 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 set the world on fire, of course, first game in AFL football, and then was dropped. And I have this theory you can never shouldn't play have dropped. a kid. You never play a kid mm. for one game because it, Three weeks. it absolutely shatters their confidence like a porcelain mug Agree. on a on a hot New York sidewalk. Oh, yeah thrown from the 30th floor mm. of a Manhattan skyscraper. Bronx. You can't you, you just can't do it. You've got to give them 2 to 3. Even if they they rack up minimal touches on those 3, you give them a taste, you let them find their feet and then you pluck yeah. them back out. Oliver Henry was I, I have no idea why that happened and clearly it busted his confidence for about 6 to 8 weeks. Had no had no VFL to kind of go back and get that. I think he did actually play a couple of games, lit the world on fire at the VFL and came back and dominated, but he's yeah, go I ahead. thought that
2: was a kind of marker of Bucks souring a bit in terms of mm. the Buckley approach is that Nathan would often go back to the well with players that had taken us to the 2018 Grand Final, older players like Chris Main, et cetera. We haven't talked about Maine retiring. Mm. Great dude, legend. Mm. But the reality was I totally agree. If you're going to give debutantes a go, you have to give them a run at it. And I think putting them in for one game, it can be – Counterproductive.
0: Yeah, and I look, I think I think Buckley actually learnt the error of his ways because he I don't think he repeated that with um some of the other young kids that came in. I think someone said to him, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is insane. Like I, I think the mentality back then was like we were still a top four team, mm. which is just, you know, ludicrous to think about after the the offseason and and basically the profile of the list. So look, I'm glad they ironed it out. Look, Oliver Henry is not a shock to anyone on this podcast. He lights it up when he's near. Even today, for the most part, didn't, you know, didn't really affect the the scoreboard or anything like that. But just the the, the smarts, I know this has been reported on, but his 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 ability to be in the right spot, Just you just know that, that that's half of it. You yeah. know, yeah, sure, you've got to mark it and sure, you've got to kick it. But if you're not in that spot to... To capitalise. agree. He, he, he gets in
2: the right spots. And he's an awkward mm. matchup. He's going to get really awkward as he grows, mm. you know, puts on muscle. I mean, he's not super tall and he's not short. But he's super athletic. I think he's going to be an awkward matchup. I mean.
0: And you touched, you touched on the curtains, A+. plus, A plus for bringing that 90s hairstyle back. Yeah. I was in the park the other day and there was a couple of, like, 10-year-old girls on the swing or on the um, on the seesaw. And they were just rocking, like, not full '90s, mm. you know, like con- yeah, the cons, the Chuck oh, Taylors, it's back
2: the in a big way, torn jeans,
0: yep. a Billy, a Billy Eilish like oversized shirt. One was like a bit goth looking, and the other was like full on like mm. a female Kurt Cobain. And I was like, this is the era of Ollie Henry. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was
2: Ollie Henry and, and Finlay McRae uh, <laughs> on the swing.
0: <laughs> well, I'd still, I'd still be at the park if it was. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them leave. Which brings um, us to
2: the next. Um, Young star coming mm. through, Finlay McRae. The thing I like about both these guys, apart from the fact that uh, they were our first two selections and they've proved mm. that they may have potential to fulfill that destiny with the Pies, is that I was thinking about father-son selections. Um, mm. What trumps, you know, with a father-son selection like the Dacosses, when Josh comes through uh, we hope when he gets drafted, when he got drafted, we hope that mm. he's going to fulfill even a smidge of his father's talent. Mm. Skerrick. Now, there's a fair chance that he he might, but there's also a fair chance that he won't because, like, his father's bred with someone and he's not the same person as Peter. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it works. Whereas
0: <laughs> the stock, the stock has been,
2: uh, yeah, it's so been you. you know, so maybe not, maybe it's been mm. improved. Maybe the stock's, anyway, I digress. Mm. The point is that even better than a father-son selection is a brother Mm. selection because the bloodline has not been diluted. And you get a really clear, I think, (laughs) get a really clear look at Mm. what these players could turn into. Now, this year has been a breakout season for Jack Henry at the Cats. Jack Henry,
1: Mm,
2: mm. awkward, tall, um, versatile. He's going to be a good player. Jackson McRae at the Bulldogs is an out-and-out gun. And he's one of those players Mm. who's a full-on A grader. He's a dual Australian and he's underrated. So it Mm. stands Mm. to reason that with those Mm. bloodlines barely diluted at all because they're like direct brothers, not even half brothers, direct brothers, Mm. that Oliver and Finlay are going to be very good players too. So I think it's smart recruiting to recruit younger brothers of good players.
0: Mm, I love it. This parent teacher interview—we're getting into bloodlines and uh, examining the DNA of the. Uh, I forgot the about that parent sitting before. Us. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We'll bring it. We'll bring it back. Yeah, look, I, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm, I, I haven't seen enough yet to uh, to to go all chips in on Finn McCray. Um Again, we're we're a podcast that isn't club worship. We're not just going to give all of these players a rating of ten because we're hopeful and and bashful and and we um we only want the best. I think he's, he needs a season or two to build that body up. Um but clearly the potential there is huge and I love his I love his kind of body shape. Like it's it's kind of not it's not like a normal human in the sense that he's a little bit more compact, is he? Like just the neck the neck is a little bit smaller. Oh, they've got like compared to
2: the McRae brothers have a bit of a bent they neck. They tilt forward. It's a bent neck. They yeah. lean Yeah.
0: They they lean forward a little bit. Which is good if you're running because if you've if you've ever run long distances you want to just Tilt your body forward so the um, the momentum yes. of the, the body weight is 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 thrusting you yeah. forward. Um, well, his problem is he can't. So look, stop. look up.
2: He just keeps on running around in circles because of the lean, and um, you mm. know he's wasting a lot of energy in between quarters circling the huddle. But
0: and I, I will give I will give him a, uh, an extra mark on this one because when he was drafted, someone made a it wasn't wasn't piehard. It was someone made a comment that he did look a little bit like a uh, a young Heath Ledger.
1: Mm. He's um, a good looking kid. Just
0: with yeah. Yeah, sandy blonde, curly hair, just sort of like the dimples and that, you know, that like kind of cheeky smile. So look, he's gonna be a good one. There's two uh, things I think of
2: with Finlay McRae. One, I think he's mm. and I have to kind of differ with you a little bit. I think that his debut season has been underrated. His vision coming through the middle, mm. um, his vision mm. to to look laterally and find a teammate, is a couple of very nifty kicks, which his brother is excellent at. Incredible mm. kind of like, never wastes it. Um, the other thing I'll say about Finlay McRae is that I can't kind of get past. Is do you remember his uh awkward draft day phone call with Nathan Buckley?
0: Oh my god. He was on a train or something? No, no, he was Was
2: that it? He was just on the side of the Marvel.
0: And oh yeah. There's the, a phone that call. Excruci- and I, re- yeah. I, re- I
2: rewatched it during the during the um week. It sounds like Nathan Buckley that answers the phone. He sounds like Bucks has been asleep in a spa after like six spears. <laughs> and um, young Finlay McRae has to warn Bucks He's like, just to warn you, this media crew here And Bucks is like <laughs> It's not often the coach calls the draftee He says, Bucks Yeah, sorry about that After I called you four or five times And it just gets off to the most <laughs> awkward start But then this awkward video start, yeah. runs for like five minutes And Bucks feels like he has to get into this shit About the journey The hard work starts here It's just like really mm-hmm. awkward thing Which is just interminable So I'm getting past that because he's Performances on the park and getting better every week. I reckon. Bell?
0: Yeah, Nathan, uh, it's Finlay. It's Finlay, how you going, mate? Not sorry bad. How are you? I, I might warn you that um, the media crew are uh, listening in at the moment. Uh, what well up, mate? No, thank Not you. Not often
2: um, you actually need to be the one to ring the coach,
0: mate.
1: So <laughs> I missed
0: three, missed you three or four times. Yeah, sorry about that. How yeah, last night, go. Uh, yeah, that was great. I um, was just at home with, with some mates and family um, and then went to a little function after, which was awesome. Um, yeah, had a great time and yeah, met a few of the boys tonight as well, Which today, which has been good. Yeah, well done. So,
2: um, what do you... Uh... Oh, God, I can't listen to that anymore. It's like McRae's inadvertently disturbed Bucks' foot massage. And um...
0: <laughs> 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 Okay, but Alex... The question remains: You've only got twenty dollars. This is your you've, your parents have given you your allowance. Um, you've been working at the local chicken shop. Hmm. Would would you buy a Finn McRae player badge? You've already spent six bucks on your Quana one. He's uh, dropping another six on Finn.
2: Look, I will go early on Finn. I will get the Finn McRae one before I get the Ollie Henry one because I'm bullish on. Finn. I'm very bullish. God
0: damn it. I, that's a big that's huge. Oh, I
2: think that Finn McCrae will be um mm. one of our best midfielders for a long, long time. That's that's how bullish I am on him. You've
0: only you've only got you've only got one badge left in your little uh you, you know, that'll take you up to eighteen, you get two bucks back, get some get some two dollars worth of mixed low. Bloodlines,
2: bloodlines. Well I might spend that last badge on the next next guy. Mm. Bo McCreary, which um translated means Who? beautiful McCreary. McCreary. Mm. Um Okay. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. I think of Braveheart. um, Mm. He could easily play a son uh, in battle, a son of one of the major Scottish kind of warriors in Braveheart. But the Mm. the curious Mm. thing about Bo McCreary is he could also play the father because he has that versatility. Um, You're never sure. He's kind of like got that Reese Palmer effect of like you're not sure how old he is. He comes in. He comes in mature, ready to go. And sometimes that can be a bit discombobulating as a fan, like you don't trust them, like they're they're too physically um, developed for their age, and you're like, are they just going to be really hot to start with, but then they kind of fade, or are they going to get better, or have they already reached their peak? With Bo mm-hmm. McCreary, he's he's a keeper, and he's just his mm-hmm. tackling okay. alone, his tack on the ball, mm-hmm. but also his skills. I mean, this guy's a, he's a little hard nut, as I said, he should be mm-hmm. in Braveheart every day of the week. So big fan.
0: We've got it's, it's this crazy thing where there's like four or five mix in the team. Nick, M- mm. remember that? Yeah, MCs like McCray, oh, McCreary, McC- McInnes, Mux. Mm. Isn't there like isn't there like a four what is that? Or McCreary,
2: Reef, McInnes, M-
0: McCreary, McInnes, McCrae. McCrae's is a little bit different, I think, but we'll, we'll pay it. And then there's the the tall guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. McMahon. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, McMahon. Look, McMahon, that's right. That's that's the one. Mm. So interesting. Yeah, Bo McCreary, because he came through the mid-season draft, right? The correct. Yeah. Well, he he's
2: 19. He's, I think he's played. He's a little bit older. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so I, I think with that, he's played a year of Sandful, right? Yeah. So he has a bit of a leap on the other guys. I think that can distort um, a player's rankings, especially in the first year, because it's about sustaining that. At a senior level. So look, I'm 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 a fan. I think we need that tackling, that forward line tackling pressure, but haven't seen enough. So you're buying them you're buying the bow badge. Uh well, how many badges can I buy? You can buy three with twenty bucks and that leaves you two dollars change. They're six dollars each. You can't get you've anything for two bucks. You already spent twelve bucks. Don't answer the G like nine
2: bucks. You've got one left. No, no, I'm not gonna buy a McCree badge, but I do think he's okay. I do think he's a keeper. This next one you're gonna love. Mm. The poltergeist. Can uh, I just well, say,
0: I'm buying. I'm, uh, you haven't asked me about my badge. I'm getting three poltergeist badges.
2: I knew you were going to get the poltergeist. Caleb. <laughs> I'm getting polter. I'm getting all um, the badges. I mean, let's start. Let's start from the start. It's aesthetics, mm. isn't it? Ta- ta- mm. Take take us oh. through it.
0: Well, he reminds me of Kevin Durant. Were you watching the boomer? Were you watching Team USA the other day? <laughs> I didn't
2: see that coming. <laughs> Seven just t- tall. Two. Just
0: tall. His legs, like, there's no definition on the on his legs. They're like chopsticks, <laughs> but. There's something, there's some animal magnetism with this guy, which is like whenever he's on the ground, he's like tall, lanky, has that head of hair, his nonchalant face, like, you know, just devil may care attitude. There's just something about this kid. And you know what? You know what I love? What? I love a Collingwood footballer with a long left foot a penetrating long oh, not, left not foot. I don't long, know why
2: not long in the metatarsals like a long
0: kick a long deep penetrating kick yeah uh I don't know why I don't know why I'm I'm a right footer by trade uh amb- ambidextrous naturally but um uh favor the right foot so I don't know why I have an affiliation for lefties but there's just something yeah there's just something about this kid that screams Collingwood just looks Collingwood looks Smith Street yeah looks Yaya's at 4 a.m. Yep. You know, I mean, I was walking thinking around, that. stumbling, yeah. getting escorted out, and there's
2: no doubt with Poulter that there will be an incident at some mm. stage, and that incident. Yeah, I think I was trying to think what's going to happen with this kid, like because mm. he's going to have mm. to slip up, and then
0: mm.
2: it, then it will be a redemption story, which is perfect. It's a perfect Collingwood narrative, mm, um, magical. Now the incident, I think, should by all <laughs> rights have an impact mm. on a club sponsor, potentially loss of a club sponsor due to the incident. Mm. I was thinking. I looked, uh, mild. Looked, yeah, a mild. mild incident, but 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 mm. uh, he gets a slap on the wrist from a club sponsor. And I was looking through the club sponsors mm. on the website, quite a, quite a few there that I didn't know about, like Calabria Family Wines. We've mm. been banging on about Wolf Blast, but Calabria Fi- Family Wines is the club uh, sponsor. But I thought, there mm. we go, there it is, major sponsor, Coles. And I think Caleb gets caught <laughs> weaning in, in the um, toilet paper aisle of the Coles. Oh. Um, I,
0: thought you, I thought you were going to say putting the avocado through as the uh, carrots.
2: <laughs> Maybe both, you know, <laughs> with his cock out. But um, we like Poulter uh, for his aesthetics. We like uh, his language style. And I'll just finish mm. with um, someone who's far more educated than us, Scott Selwood, who had something to do with mm. the club. I don't know, it was some kind of development coach. Which
0: one's, which one's Scott Selwood? Well, He's the one that who donated his global?
2: brain to Joel, so he keep playing.
0: Okay, yeah,
2: that one. Scott worked at the club, I think, until this week or something. I don't really know what happened there.
0: No, that, I think that's the other one. No, it's it? Scott. Oh, no, okay, okay. Or are you saying it okay, was Troy? Okay. I don't know. How many are there? There's like five.
2: Oh, God, I'm getting my Selwoods, I've got no idea. Four
0: of them. Don't
2: four of them work at Collingwood? All it says is Selwood. Okay. Selwood says, mm. quote, mm. about Poulter, any mm. more relaxed and he's laying down, to be honest. <laughs> 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 at, the, <laughs> at the same time. Yes. He's a really hard worker. as soon as he steps onto the mm. field or crane training, training track, he works his butt off, blah blah blah. Mm. he goes on. But I love that, mm. and it's very malthousian to mm. like have the guys who off off field. they're just like useless and they're like getting mm. in trouble. but then they cross the line they get white line fever, they cross mm. the line,
0: they're actually a gun on the field. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got his nickname. His nickname's the Greyhound. Do you ever hear that about greyhounds? <laughs> Lazy off field. They, they, will, they will exercise for their, their given amount, which could be about 30 minutes, and they'll, oh, mate, they will fly. Like they will soar like an eagle. And then after that, they're happy just to, uh, just to lay around and chill. Kind of looks a little bit like a greyhound. It does. If a, if a, if you put like an '80s Bon Jovi rock star wig on a greyhound,
2: yeah, you I'm would have had a photo of him. He rocks the long sleeves. Mm. Has been? Has he been wearing long sleeves in games? Because that would that adds to his.
0: I he, sh- he should he, he should be. I I, th- I think I I don't. Yeah, I, I don't see him as a long sleeve wearer for some reason. I think he's a bit too skinny. But I've def- I've bought three polter badges.
2: All right. Well, you've maxed out on the polter badge. Um, you should have saved it and get mm. that one. Every three years, and you get the kind of progression, but he might not be here in three years because of the Coles incident. But <laughs> all right, so a couple more to go. Um, we're getting more and more excited as we go through. I mean, the fact mm, that we're mm. still going on this segment shows that there is, mm. there is you know, good times to come, I reckon.
0: Mo- moving the ding dong this segment.
2: Bianco, Trent Bianco, um, look, he looks a bit padded, uh, well padded mm. from those oversized portions, Sant Lazimos, but he- here we go, you know, talk about blasphemy. Mm. Future captain.
0: Mm. Wow, Jesus! I know, mm. I know
2: that Bianco was captain of the <clears throat> Oakley Chargers, and so once I heard that, it just kind of clicked. I can see that he's got a little bit of, um, he's got a bit of the Geno Seipar leadership. He doesn't look like a full blown athlete, but then he slots one from fifty from near the boundary. He's just got a bit mm. of something about him. This guy, he's neat with the ball, um, heart mm. and soul style player. I'm going to say he's probably a Collingwood supporter growing up. Not sure about that, but
0: yeah, he was definitely. He ran out on the field with the That's team. right. That's right. I did, I did a video. Yeah,
2: yeah. Bianco. It's going to be a keeper.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not buying a Bianco badge, but the the one thing that restored my faith in the Collingwood Football Club is this Bianco kid went at pick 65. Mm. Now he is like he has the skills that would definitely have him as a top 30 pick. Like coordination. I mean, why did he drink? He was the captain. So, this restored my faith in the Collingwood Football Club. I think this is a Derek Hine masterclass. I think they got to this kid early. He was a Collingwood footballer, and I think they either paid him under the table to underperform mm. or dreamt up some ghastly long-term injury, something to just Fattened put him the- up. Fattened him up to put get, the put, put clubs put, off. Put, put the hounds off mm. him, uh, let him slip out to pick seven or whatever it was, 65 and picked him up because I'm sorry, if you're the captain of the Oakley Chargers with all of those guys playing the Rows and the Andersons and the Dacoses and mm. You're the captain of that team in a premiership year with his skills, and he's not a lazy kid. He's not a bad kid. You know, he's he's not on mm. the wrong side of the tracks. Comes from a lovely family with a with a strong um, business acumen behind him. Worked hard in the family biz. Um, often saw him behind the tills at lazy. Still Oak. does, does he? I'm, I'm sorry, but that is that does not scream to me pick 65. So, I think, yep, I don't know what it was, but masterstroke for the Collingwood Football Club just to let that one slap.
2: Yeah, very nice. Next one's Will Kelly. Now, we don't need to go into him. If Poulter is the Greyhound, Will Kelly is the racehorse. Um, haven't mm. seen enough of him. I like Hasn't it. had a good run at it. So, we'll move on to Rusco. Mm. Now, Rusco's interesting. I, I see Rusco's mm. value. He's been neat in the field. He's been switched to recently. But I think mm. his true value is as the morale man. He's the club man. You know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, he's there because yeah, he, yeah, he makes he? people laugh. And it, all, it reminds laugh, me, I always yeah. think about this story that Mick Moldhouse told in his book that he wrote with David Butterfant with Butterfant. Like something about an ox. Um, which Slo- A slow ox. Something, yeah. It's a Chinese slow proverb. Slow
0: ox catches the worm. So, yeah. yeah.
2: I'm not sure there's a worm in there, but yeah. Um, when we couldn't get enough of 2010, you know, paraphernalia that that book came out and I mm. was like just gobbled it up and he told the story about after the draw in grand final in 2010 everyone was um uh, the next day everyone was like shattered physically you know it was a it was a really mm. difficult physical uh test and he and mm. he credited the recovery not to David but Butterford and the ice baths um mm. he credited it partly to the fact that they the team did a walking lap of the tan and the mm. player that broke the ice and made everyone giggle and laugh around the tan was Daisy Thomas. And he said that the levity bought by, mm. by the, mm. the comedian in the club
1: mm. kind of mm. shattered
2: this, like, weight that was bearing over the club having just drawn a grand final and, you know, all of mm. the pressure. And I think that Trey Rusco has a bit of that, like he brings a bit of that levity to the group and he's just, he's yeah. just celebrations alone lift mm. the players around him.
0: Yeah, well, if this is Degrassi Jr. Pie. Then he is the class clown, isn't yeah. he? He's the wheels yeah. or the snake. Him and his mum. Wheels or the snake. So, look, we, um, we're teachers sitting here and we're going, look, performance is slipping and waning and the marks, the marks are dropping in an in a academic sense. But by God, does he make the time fly with his uh, funny banter and TikTok vids and, and pink shoes. And, you know, you do need someone like that in the classroom. Just, you mm. know, you're going to have your nerds. You're going to have your jocks. You're gonna have your loveable, um, rat truants, egg. yep, a lovable rogue, and don't forget we've we've touched on this a lot at the Collingwood Football Club. Is there's a streak of larrikin behaviour which is entwined in the Collingwood Football Club, and we must never let that go. We should always have one spot on the list for a larrikin, regardless of how good they are mm. or what they bring on field. In fact,
2: they should be. To they should start average when they come to the club. They should be quite average. They should be selected only on the larrikin spirit. But then they grow, into, they grow into the role.
0: I couldn't agree more. So uh, brilliant.
2: Okay. So our final star of tomorrow, looking um, very excited about. And look, we've taken some liberties here, a bit controversial. But um, mm. this is a player who came and, um, you know, he's trained the house down this year, the club. Mm. And um, it's never too early to mention his name because it gets everyone excited, uh, gets us mm. excited. Mm. It's one Nick Dacos. Nick. Nick. Now, Nick. As we've touched on, his brothers looks like he's going to don the glove. Um, he go one of two ways. He could don a glove. That could be the the, the brother, the brothers grim, the brothers gloved, the glove mm. brothers. Um, but more than likely, he won't need it because his skills are so exquisite, and he is such a step above his draft class that he won't just be debuting round one, 2022. Mm. He will be taking the center bounce in round one. Mm.
1: Twenty twenty two.
2: He's already been training. He's already been learning uh, Brodie Grundy's ruck craft, and mm. um, I got no doubt that the uh, the new coach. And we might delve into the, the coaching situation next pod again to give an update. But no doubt the new coach will be mm. licking their lips just like we are.
0: Don, I reckon Don's already been in his word. I reckon uh, I reckon Nick's flown to Sydney Harbourside. Don. Don Pike's just uh, sitting down with him, having a Palmer at home, mm. uh, just just asking Nick some some pointed questions about what what he wants to get out of the uh, out of his career. Because no no reason why. Just uh, Don Pike thought he would uh, contact Nick Dacos. but I like that you've thrown Nick Dacos into the mix. Technically, not a Collingwood footballer at this point in time. Close so
2: enough. Come
0: on. What what is there what is there to say about Nick Dacos? We've we've seen enough. We've seen we've seen too much. Actually, Nick. I think we should. We've seen too much of Nick Dakos. I mean, I can't it's believe that guy's much. still playing. We I can't believe he's still playing under 18s football. He needs to stop playing football for fear of okay. some godly yep. injury, touch wood. We've seen enough. We suggested this on Twitter a few months ago. He should be sent to Siberia and locked up in a hut. <laughs> With just some prime, prime
2: <laughs> with Hans Wolfer
0: primal weights, where he just works on his body and eats big stews and stroganoffs, jogs in the snow just to kind of build himself in. The rest will take care of itself. We've seen, we've seen, we've certainly seen enough of his football uh, acumen to do that. Maybe let it slide a bit, maybe let Nick Dakos fall out of the uh stop buddy talking about nick dacos let him slip down to number five or six Mm. give ourselves a goddamn chance of actually getting someone else in this draft um but we have seen an interesting one just i don't want to jump off the nick um dacos bandwagon because i feel like this is a whole pod we could dive into but we haven't seen much of uh reef McInnes now reef McInnes. rewind a year even two years he was this next-gen academy. Yeah. He was kind of the next quainer, right, in terms of we had access to this kid, regardless of where we finished, we were going to get him. I think he's a tall midfielder. So he's kind of that, that modern prototype um, of a footballer, Matisse Thibel from the Boomers. Mm. He, he con- con- conjure up a lot of um, similarities between a Reef McInnes mm. and, a, and a Matisse named after uh, Henri Matisse. Uh, Little-known fact about uh, Matisse, isn't that a great name? Yeah, Henri, named after a, a, a French painter. I wish we had a, a, a player at Collingwood named after a French painter. Maybe we can work on that. Maybe we do. Mm. But Reef McInnes, Trey. Uh he's fallen. He's fallen out. The fact, the mere fact that you haven't even mentioned his name, is what gets me so excited because we have such a uh, um, glut, a cachet. Mm. A glut of superstar youth that we're not even talking about this guy, and yet he's been injured, rolled his ankle, hasn't played a game this season. I'm hoping he does get one or two games towards the end of this year, just so long-suffering Collingwood supporters can get a taste, mm. can get a a, a lick yeah, of throw the uh, lollipop, so, so to speak. Throw him in. But he was, I mean, he he slipped to like second or third. Um, fortuitously because of the way that the draft kind of panned Mm -hmm. out, but he was always our first pick. We were always going to match for that guy. If he was selected number two, we were going to match for that dude. So Mm -hmm. Reef McInnes age, I think the only, the only, um, kind of knock on Reef McInnes was his, his foot skills, but everything else was over indexing, um, his clean hands, his ability to accumulate the ball, um, definitely positioned as an inside mid. <laughs> I like it um, how
2: the deepest like, match analysis of, of all of the individuals we've talked about is the guy who hasn't played a game, like
1: <laughs> no. delving
2: right into his skill set. Well, I think, you know, to wrap it up, um, obviously you've gone for the three, uh, the three, three polter badges. I've gone for the, What have I gone for? So I've gone for the Quaynor badge, uh, the McRae badge. I've gone for the future captain uh, Bianco Lazy Moe badge, and I've gone for the Nick Dacos underpants. So (laughs) there's good things to come by hard. Um, We can't wait to follow these guys in the coming decades. Um, We'll be potting till we're in our 60s, 70s, um, and these guys will be sacked Collingwood coaches by then.
0: let us know what you think out there at pie hard podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know the first player badge of this new breed that you're going to be spending your hard earned cash on Surprise us. Let us know if there's any left field options out there, but uh, it's like the big Mac index, isn't it? The um, player badge. It's like, you know, the big Mac index, wherever you go in the world, you can work out what the value of the economy is based on the price of a big oh, Mac. Got it. Okay. I think, I think we should do the same thing with a player badge. They should each hold different weighted values and, By all means, yeah, to get in touch with us uh, at PieHardPodcast and let us know which player badge you are copying. As always, thanks for listening, Alex. Thanks for joining. Always a pleasure, Damo. And remember, this is PieHard.